a happy new year to you and a blessed epiphany. You're not as sure what to say in response to that, are you? You know, we know how to respond to people who say, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We know how to respond to people who say to us, uh, Happy New Year, but Epiphany. It's kind of a, a strange word, and, and it's not something that I'm going to probably find you greeting the clerk at Publix or Walmart later today with, or the waitress when you go and you have brunch or lunch maybe after church today. I, I doubt you're going to say, Happy Epiphany, because I have a feeling that waitress would think, what country are they from? <laughs> but my dear friends in Christ, every year the church, and we included in that, we celebrate the festival of Epiphany. But I think in the midst of it, somehow we have kind of lost uh, the sense of the importance of this festival, this remembrance of this historical event in the life of Christ and how it has an influence still today on the church of Jesus Christ. Because in truth, Epiphany is our Christmas. Jesus was born into the world to be the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Savior of the Jews. But Epiphany, that manifestation, that revelation is that he came to be the Savior of all people. Of you and of me. So we have every reason to say blessed or happy epiphany because it is. He came for us. What great news that is. And why is it good news? It's good news because you and I, we have lived, you and I, we live in the darkness. We live in the darkness of this world. We live in the darkness of our own sin. And Epiphany is that good news about the light who has come and who shines into that darkness. Because like the people of Israel who are reading this morning was referring to, it says, arise and shine for your light has come. Arise, shine, don't keep it to yourself, get up, celebrate, arise, and let it come forth from you. So really when we are talking about this, you know, message going forth, and that's really more of what this is about for us today is how does this light and how does this message, how's it go forth? Does it end today? Well, actually, no. Matter of fact, in our house, we at least leave our Christmas tree up till now. Now, I came home yesterday and Martha said, James, the branches are drooping, the, the, the ornaments are falling off and breaking. She did. But for me, 
keeping that tree up and the lights on the tree and in the house are that reminder of the light of Christ who has come and who shines into the darkness of James's life. And right now, we've still got our manger scene in the front yard. And at this moment, I plan on it staying there till the end of the month. Well, Epiphany is several weeks long. And the emphasis is about that light going forward. So let's consider. Many of the readings and the historical accounts of what happened on Christmas are about this. How about the shepherds? How about how we read, when they had seen him, they spread the word. They spread the word, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. They didn't keep it to themselves. They didn't just go back to their sheep. They didn't just get back to their work and their life as it was, but with what they had seen and what they had heard and what they had experienced, they started to share it. How about in the temple eight days after Jesus was born, where he comes to uh, be circumcised and to be named, and there we have uh, Simeon, that faithful servant of God, who is waiting for you know, the Lord to arrive, and finally he is there, and Simeon says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Or how about in that same section of scripture in Luke chapter 2, we have Anna who is also there in the temple, and this is what we read. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all. She spoke about him. She went home, she walked the streets, she went to the market. And she told others, she spoke about him to all who were waiting for the redemption of God's people. Any of you know the uh, book, Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten? Yeah? You know how true that is? (laughs) We can sometimes get back to those basics of life. The author of that book, uh, Robert Fulgham, uh, tells this story about when uh, he was young in his career, uh, he went to a seminar in Greece. And there in that seminar, on the last day, the presenter walked over to a window, stood there by the bright light, and as he's looking out the window, he says, well, that's the end of my presentation. Are there any final questions? And Robert Fulgham uh, uh, says that he then spoke up kind of laughingly saying, yes, sir, what is the meaning of life? And everybody did just that. They just kind of started laughing, thinking, you know, you know, kind of a joke to break the ice. And literally people began to get up and pick up their things and get ready to leave. But the presenter held up his hand as to say, stop. And then this is what he said. I'll answer your question. And he took out his wallet. And he reached in and he pulled out this quarter-size round mirror. And then he told the 
people who had gathered for that seminar this. He said, when I was a boy and young and growing up, one day I found in the road a broken mirror. And there are pieces of the mirror scattered all over the road. And he said, I began to search and to look to see if I could find all the pieces and put it back together. But he said, it was impossible. So he said, I, I kept the largest piece that I could find. And he said, then I took that mirror and I began to rub it against the side of a stone and I shaped it into this round mirror. And I kept it. And he said, as a boy, I began to play with it as a toy, and I became fascinated with the fact that I could take that little mirror and I could shine it into the darkest places where no light shined. He said it became a, you know, a challenge to you know, find the darkest place he could, a place where you know, there was no light, and, and to see if he could shine that light into those dark places. He said, I did that throughout my childhood. And then he said, sometimes when I was bored or, you know, the idle time, he said, I'd reach in my pocket, I'd pull out my mirror, and I'd began to play with it. And then he said, as I became a man, I grew to understand that this was not just a child's game, but a metaphor of what I could do with my life. He said this, I came to understand that I am not the light or the source of the light, but light, be it truth or understanding or knowledge or faith, is there. And it will only shine in many dark places if I reflect it. I am a fragment of a mirror whose whole design and shape I do not know. Nevertheless, with what I have, I can reflect light into the dark places of this world, into the dark places of human hearts, and change some things in some people. And perhaps others seeing it happen will do likewise. This is what I am about. This is the meaning of life. This is the meaning of life. What a powerful, what an inspirational message. But I really mean it when I say the word inspirational. I, I don't mean that you say to your loved one or someone as you're walking out of here in the fellowship area and say, you know, that was a, that was a great story and, and that's where it ends inspirational as in it becomes part of you. You carry that message with you. It influences you. It molds you. It shapes you. Inspirational. That light that you received in the waters of your baptism, that light that we continue to receive and have nourished in us as his word comes to us, as we read it and we hear it, to be inspired. A powerful and inspirational story, but this is meant to be more than a story. 
Likewise, our lives are meant to be more. The truth, Epiphany has much to say about the meaning of life. You and I, we know what darkness is like. We know the darkness of our sin. We know the darkness in this world that is around us. But we, my friends, have experienced the light and the life of Christ. As such, the meaning of our lives is to be like the shepherds, like Simeon, like Anna, like that mirror that this facilitator held on to all those years of his life. I can't help talk about this light without thinking about Paul's words that the Lord gave him in Ephesians chapter 5 when he says this to us. For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Be very careful then how you live, making the most of every opportunity. You get it? As we gathered here again today, like I hope in a sense you somehow do in your own personal prayers, but we began with confession and we gave the Lord our sins and he took them away. He forgave them. He took our darkness away. We once were in darkness. Now we are light. We are filled with the light of Christ in that forgiveness. And he says, be very careful then how you live making the most of every opportunity. Far too often, one of the things that is running through my mind when we have a silent time for our confession and worship is I'm reflecting upon the missed opportunities in my life. But they're there. Friday, I went to lunch with a, a pastor friend of mine, and we were sitting out back on one of those beautiful afternoons we had in the patio. Nobody else was back there uh, at this place over on Highway 44, and the waitress comes, and you know, we introduce ourselves to her, and before we knew it, we knew that she had moved here in October from Pennsylvania, Philly. She had five children, and the reason she moved here was because her oldest child was pregnant with her first grandchild. And she wanted to be there to support her, help her, love her. The next thing was, would you pray with us? And she held our hands and we prayed. Now it's a great example of being that light, right? But there are far more examples that I have in my life where I've not even remembered the waiter's or waitress's name or given them the opportunity to say, hey, you're going to be serving us tonight, and we wondered if we could serve you somehow in prayer. Listen to Paul's words. Make the most of every opportunity. You have families loved ones, friends, neighbors. And at times you and I, we are aware, we become aware of circumstances and situations. And we kind of keep that in our heart to ourselves and wait for them to maybe say, hey, 
what do you think or could you help? I believe the Lord here is saying to us again, you know, be careful then how you live. What? Make the most of every opportunity because you may not have it this afternoon or tomorrow. Be that light. Shine that light into that darkness that the light has not yet reached. My friends, that's why we as a congregation are working on this 2020 vision. This isn't meant to be just some written document that ends up on the shelf or in a file somewhere. It's meant to be, you know, that which is engraved in our hearts and our minds that we can picture and envision what the future looks like, what God's will is. How many little ones are going to be walking in the doors here? How many are going to fill the, the rooms of the early learning center? How many new baptisms are we going to see? How many junior confirmations? How many adults are going to finally say, I never got it until now? Let your light shine. Make the most of every opportunity. This is not meant to be Pastor Rocky's vision. It's meant to be our vision, God's vision. I'm asking for your involvement there. Let's make the most of every opportunity. And at the very heart of it, it's why this church exists in the first place. It's not just so you and I can come and again remember that we are children of God, that he loves us, that he forgives us again, that we receive his word and sacraments here. No, that's part of it. But if that's it, we're missing it. You are the light of the world. He says, you will be my witnesses. You'll shine my light. That's why we're here. And my friend, this is the meaning of life. To honor and to worship our Lord and to shine his light into the dark places. Amen.